Hello. I've been a longtime listener of you, Sandy, and quite a supporter for you and AFR. Love everything you guys do. I just want you to know that I am so enjoying your podcast, and I am so excited that you are still taking up the battle for the J6ers. I just want to thank you for that. I have become involved with them, and I just suggest that everybody do something and support the lawyers who are defending them. We need to make America free again. And we need a good justice system. And people like you are helping. So thank you for what you're doing. And I can't even tell you how much I'm enjoying Bruce. Love his thoughts on things and his point of view. Thank you for everything you're doing. And thank you for not retiring. You are such a blessing to me. Sandy Rios with you. Well, how would you like to wake up to a message like that? We all need someone like that in our lives, right? I know uh, my uh, my husband used to say to me uh, in the work that he did, when you do radio or public things, you get a lot of accolades, and it's actually very encouraging. But if you're, you know, like uh, working in a laundromat or, you know, even working in a school, you don't hear the affirmation that I get. So I want to make that, make sure you understand that that really humbles me, and I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, and I don't take that for granted. And by the way, if you would like to call and leave a message, now, look, it's not, uh, you don't, I'm not asking you to call and praise the show. If you have something honest you want to say that's good, I'll, we'll take it. But if you have a question or even if, even if you don't like something, you are welcome to call and leave that message. You can do that at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Well, you're listening to Sandy Rios 24-7, in case it was hard to figure that out from the way we started here. And if you, by the way, want to correspond with us by email, you can do it at sandy at afr.net, sandy at afr.net. Okay, you got a pencil because this is stuff, you know, stuff you got to remember. If you are listening to this podcast, you know how to listen to podcasts. But I'm getting a lot of email from people who are um, uh, listen to the morning live radio show and they're confused about podcasting. So maybe you could help friends to uh, understand how to do podcasting. You know, because you do it, it's not that uh, difficult. Uh, I think the the easiest thing is to download the AFR app, A Amer- A American Family Radio app. If you do that on your smartphone, you can catch the podcast or any of the AFR programs anytime you want, day and night. So uh, that's really simplest. But if you are a podcaster, if you have Amazon or Spotify or Apple or any of those platforms, you can look for Sandy Reels 24-7 and there we are, thanks to the graciousness of our Lord. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that. And so if you would like to follow us on social media, yes, we're there too. On Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Getter and Truth Social, YouTube and Rumble. And eventually we probably will do this on camera, but we're not quite there yet. So uh, just be patient with us as we put things together. We've only been doing this, not. I think this is the fourth week. So uh we're brand new at this. So those things are in place and just give us some time to kind of develop them in the best way we can. Last but not least, if you go to sandyrios.com, it will give you more information about appearances. And I do have some coming up. I just, they're not there yet, but they will be. By the time you hear this, they should be there. Uh, so uh, that's kind of uh, the, the nuts and bolts of what I want to share with you today. Preborn has been our sponsor since we started three weeks ago, and we are just so humbled, really, by the generosity of our listeners. Uh, that always humbles me. I, when I say that, you have to know I've done radio for years. I've had a lot of different audiences, and I've loved every single one of them. You get to know the personality of your audience. I've had some wonderful people listening. When I was in Chicago, um, 
sweetness. So Walter Payton's wife used to listen, Connie Payton, and she would call in. Just some fun, fun moments like that. I remember once a guy called me. He was doing surveillance in a massage parlor in Chicago. I have all kinds of people listening, and I love to get to know who they are, but they aren't always as generous as the American Family Radio audience has been through the years. Um, you know, I've done a lot of campaigns and asked for help for various causes, and we've had really good success because I think God's blessed that. But really, the American Family Radio audience is incredible. And so I'd like to say that my audience, subsequently, has been incredibly generous on almost everything I've ever asked them to give. It's just, uh, it's very humbling. It really is. And so preborn, if you don't know already, provides ultrasound for women who are in a crisis pregnancy. And uh, meaning that they get pregnant and it's bad news to them. They're maybe pregnant out of wedlock. Maybe they're pregnant by someone they're not married to. Uh, maybe they're young. Maybe they have too many children. You know, there are a lot of reasons why women even entertain the notion of terminating a pregnancy. And so what preborn does is it provides for ultrasounds uh, in all over the country in crisis pregnancy centers of varying kinds so that they can see these women, young and old, older, older, no old, no really old women, I guess, uh, can see their baby in great detail. And when they do that, they just can't really generally bring themselves to terminating the pregnancy. And so that's what Preborn does. It's $28 to provide one ultrasound to one woman to save one baby's life. It's $140 to sponsor uh, five babies, a chance for life. And all your gifts are tax deductible. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy, that's preborn.com slash Sandy. Now, today what we want to talk about is something that's happening really all over the country, and you need to be aware of it. It's a hard fight. You know, we fight the left all the time. We have, we could name the people that we feel we're fighting, whether it's the Joe Biden administration or whether it's George Soros, the millionaires, or Pierre Amendor, or Planned Parenthood, you fill in the blanks. There are a lot of people that are enemies to the cause of of, uh, of what I consider the Judeo-Christian ethic and certainly enemies of the gospel of Christ. And so we fight all the time, those enemies. But we have enemies now within the what we thought were the ranks of friendlies, and that would be the Republican Party. Uh, I talk about this a lot. Um, and so there is an attempt right now uh, to purge uh, certainly Trump supporters, but it's broader than that. I'd like to say that because that sort of gives them an out, but it's people who really love this country and its history and people who think babies' lives should be saved and people who believe marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, it's people like us, like me, people of the book, that they want to expunge, get rid of. They don't want them elected. They don't want them serving. You saw that in the speaker fight. You saw that in the 2022 election where they funneled money to, uh, to, to destroy or get rid of candidates like Mary Miller from Illinois, who's all of the things I said earlier that we, we want to be conservative Christians, often sometimes just conservatives, not Christian. Um, there is an all-out effort to purge us from the party, to stop us from being elected, to stop us from being presidents or senators or any other kind. And so the battle now has at least, shall we say, two fronts. And there is a, a guy in Wisconsin I've interviewed many, many times on my morning show who has been fighting that fight for some time in Wisconsin. I, he is an amazing guy. I've asked him to join us this morning because they're coming after him now too. Uh, but it's not just about Wisconsin. It's just not about Terry Dietrich. It's about 
um, how you fight and how you think about this and how you prepare for the battle in your own place, wherever you are in this country. Okay, so now sit back and relax for the next edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. Under the lights, each of the four state Supreme Court candidates made their case. I'm a common-sense judge, I was a common-sense prosecutor, and I'll be a common-sense justice on your Supreme Court. The candidates include Waukesha County Judge Jennifer Doro, former state Supreme Court Justice Dan Kelly, Dane County Judge Everett Mitchell, and Milwaukee County Judge Janet Protasewitz. Conservative groups back Kelly and Doro. Liberal groups back Mitchell and Protasewitz. This race is for ideological control of the Supreme Court. The race for Supreme Court is supposed to be nonpartisan, though conservatives hold a majority in the court four to three right now, with a conservative justice retiring and there being two liberal-backed candidates plus two conservative candidates. The majority, it could shift, and the ideological makeup and its impact is what brought people to the forum. The candidates discussed on how they would approach cases on topics like abortion. It was the first time in my study of the law that I can see that the Supreme Court went and took a right for which there had been a right for people for over 50 years. Redistricting maps that help decide your elected leaders. They are rigged, period. The court's responsibility is limited to considering the legal challenges not the political challenges. And the importance of staying impartial. We wear a black robe in part to tell of our authority, but also to shield us from the biases and the prejudice. All right, Sandy Rios with you. Well, what's happening around the country, from my perspective, is that establishment Republicans are coming after conservative Republicans, people that supported Trump, people that are conservative for other reasons, and there is, uh, uh, right now, an attempted purge. But that's going to come out later in this discussion. Right now, we're going to go to Wisconsin with a good friend of mine. I've been discussing Wisconsin on the air in detail now for several years on my morning show. And now this is the first time we've discussed what's happening up there uh, on, the, on the podcast. You know, Wisconsin has produced for us some incredible leaders. I think of Ron Johnson. I think of others. Uh, of course, they are a, a, a state of extremes. There are so many wonderful, conservative, Christian, family people living in Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's also the birthplace of American communism. And so uh, it's, it's always a battle there. It's always a battle. And someone who's been in the middle of this battle for a very long, to- long time is my next guest. Terry Dietrich is now the chairman of the Waukesha Republican Party, but Terry has led this campaign to get conservatives elected specifically. Uh, he's, he led the effort to get President Trump elected back in 2020. And now guess what? He's in the crosshairs 
of the Republicans who hate Republicans who stand for constitutional conservative principles. Anyway, Terry joins us this morning because the Supreme Court race there is fascinating, and we're going to talk about it. Terry, thanks for joining me. Great to be with you, Sandy. You know what I didn't explain, Terry, is that Waukesha County is the largest county in Wisconsin, and it is filled with uh, Christian conservatives, not exclusively, of course. How could that be? Uh, but um, that's the that is the part the county which you chair the Republican Party. So can you tell people a little bit about your successes in the past few years with your efforts through WISRED? Give us an idea. Sure. Th- thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been exciting to be with you the last few years and and go on this journey. Uh, after the 2020 election, we effectively looked at. Uh, you know, what we could do to re-energize kind of our conservative base here in Waukesha County. We are the largest red county in the state and uh, basically very critical to the overall red turnout and and our our results. So we're involved with every election. And prior to 2020, uh, going to 2021, we were not, uh, as a state effectively, involved with local elections. Uh, Just with nonpartisan races that uh, the GOP decided to stay out of, for decades, and unfortunately, we lost ground uh, big time here in the county and throughout the state with regard to school boards, municipal boards, county boards, etc. cetera. Uh, and after the 2020 election, we really did a deep dive in the county and saw that, boy, we'd, we'd lost almost 40% of the majorities throughout the county, a very red county, uh, basically because we weren't playing in the game. We weren't uh, engaged with these local elections. So we formed a, an organization that underneath our county party, so it wasn't so it's underneath. It's an initiative called With Red. I named it that so with the hope that it would go statewide. Right now, it's just uh, contained to uh, Waukesha County. But effectively, we went out in the spring election. Spring elections is when we hold all of our local races on one day, usually April 4th. Uh, April uh, 21, we went out and uh, won 100 out of 110 races, vet, uh, <laughs> identified, vetted, and ran candidates under the With Red banner, uh, basically a full consolidated local elections effort. And by gosh, we won really big 86% uh, winning record, turned around in 22 and did the exact same thing. So last spring, we won 152 out of 172 races. So I dare say that from a single county standpoint, I don't know any other county in the country that's been able to accomplish a 85% winning rate or so uh, and, and a 40 plus percent turnout up from about 17%. So it's been a really successful program. We're headed into our third season now this spring. We've got another 150-plus candidates. We're well-positioned. And, and the great news is that over this two-year period, and I think this third, uh, this third spring election, we're going to close it out, we effectively have taken the majorities back of every single municipal board and just about every single school board in the county. We've got probably one or two left, but we're just about to close that deal. Of course, the left never quits, so we'll continue this program on forever. But uh, we took our county back. Um, The conservatives uh, stood up for our principles, especially with regard to school boards. We fought hard. We got organized. We got back in the game, and it's been very successful for us. So that has translated into winning statewide races as well here. We just won in Waukesha County. We won all five of our state Senate, state assembly seats that were up. So this trickle-up effect that Ron Johnson has always talked about, that we need to get solid at the local levels, and that will build the bench 
to go up to the state level and beyond. We did very, very well in the November election this last year. We won all five state Senate and state assembly seats, making wow. our county totally red. So wow. obviously that sets the scene for this spring, which is not only the Wiss Red Spring elections, but a couple of local judicial races, and then also the big one, of course, which is the Supreme Court race with Dan Kelly and, and uh, Jennifer Doro here in the county. And uh, obviously we're supporting both of them through the uh, through the uh, sp- the uh, primary, which comes up on February 21st, and then whoever wins that, we've got to push as hard as we possibly can to win because the uh, future of our state and the Supreme Court is in balance right now. Wow, uh, Terry, that's such encouraging news. And, you know, in a time where people are discouraged, you know that they are. And the 2022 election yeah, was like a gut punch because they didn't all have the same results that you're reporting. And uh, you're central to that. I have to say, you are you are dynamite. And um, we've talked before many, many times. I want to expand my thoughts here because I say all the time that it's local. If there the answer, if there is an answer in politics, it is local. It's getting involved in your community, turning it back. You know, one seat at a time, and that's what you've done. And it's you've had amazing success. Let's talk about this uh, judicial race because I want to kind of point out the reason why, well, one of the many reasons why this is so important. Uh, When you, when Wisconsin was going through the, oh, the storm, I can't even think of the word, a word more more dramatic. Wisconsin was the center of voter malfeasance in 2020. It was just like a ship being tossed to and fro in this big storm. And I saw some of the hearings. It was amazing how people came forward to talk about what they'd seen, but it was really your Supreme Court who shot down any further investigation. Is that right? Do I remember that right? Yeah, well, in, ge- in general, I would say that's true. It's really unfortunate that uh, there's been this rift in, in the perception or, I guess, the conclusion by by some of our leadership uh, that, you know, there's no need for election integrity or the fact that, uh, you know, we, we don't need to be diligent about this and, and really clean up our state. And th- this is not about, you know, uh, re- reversing elections back in 2020 and these types of things. These are simple fundamental principles that were violated in our state elections law. It's just that simple. I mean, you can have all the interpretations you want, but the fact of the matter is, is there are case after case after case across this state of violations of the simple, stated, clear aspects of our state law. And we haven't really cleaned those up up until today. We got rid of the drop boxes, which was a positive uh, Supreme Court decision. But besides that, frankly speaking, the Wisconsin Election Commission hasn't been uh, held responsible. Accountability at the DA level, uh, open records levels, these types of things, it just simply hasn't happened. So we we are not very much farther than we were in 2020 as far as securing our election system, in my opinion. So it's really a contentious point. Conservatives in the state are absolutely unwilling to waver on this. They keep pushing, and obviously it's a contentious issue. It still remains a top three, top four issue, and in some cases a top one issue uh, if you go around the state. But there are those in the state who are saying, hey, look, we need to put that behind us. It's, it's hurting us politically. We need to just ignore it or just go let it go away. It's not as bad as you'd think. And it's a real, real contentious problem that is obviously on the minds of uh, especially Republican voters, but even even swing voters uh, in the state with regard to this spring election. Yeah. All right. So 
your court is currently it's this is nonpartisan we have to say that but the justices themselves have weighed in revealing uh their positions on issues which I don't know if that's normal but I I was watching you know uh one of your candidates a female uh what's her name it's um she has the unusual last name oh Janet Protasiewicz talking yeah, about well, how yeah. much she's she on these ads about how she believes that you know uh the right to abortion should be reinstated. She makes public statements about, you know, same-sex marriage. So she's not exactly – I've never heard a judge do this, run on these issues. I, I don't know if that's uncommon, but it seems to me it is. But even though you have a four-to-three conservative breakdown, you have a justice on there that you I know you worked hard to get uh, elected, Hagedorn, who was a big disappointment in that uh, 2020 – in the election uh, stuff. So there's a lot at stake here. It's an open seat. Can you tell us a little bit about where you stand and other conservatives in Wisconsin stand on these four candidates? Yep. So, so uh, the the candidate from Milwaukee, Palowitz, I believe her last name is. She just started her commercials a couple of days ago. So you realize that on the Republican side, excuse me, shouldn't say that on the conservative side with our two judicial candidates, they are. Uh, obviously, full steam ahead until February 21st for the primary. We as a county party do not get involved with primaries. We're staying out of that because they're both great candidates. We know them well. They're basically Waukesha uh, County-based, really both very qualified candidates. And, and as soon as that uh, primary is over, we're going to jump in strong and try to push them across the finish line. But but on the other side, you know, this candidate from Milwaukee, she just had announced last week that she was dumping somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.7 million for TV time and buying up airspace, et cetera. Um, you, you know, this is, if they would claim in any way this is nonpartisan, it's, it's, it's a, a real stretch because yeah. there's already a ton of money being spent on this, and I suspect that they will have a lot of outside money coming in on this. So oh, it's, uh, too. The, the other candidate that is, is, is a little bit weaker. We haven't seen much as far as they're concerned. But yeah, this is really contentious. It's 4-3. If we lose, um, you know, with a, with a, with a uh, Democratic governor just reelected, um, our, our situation in the, st- in the state is grave. No doubt about yeah. it. Well, let, we just heard Everett Mitchell, who's the other candidate, I think, from Milwaukee, who uh, weighed in with Janet on the the right to abortion. So I was I was pretty stunned, really. I think justices used to not say that, but they did. And so Daniel yeah. Kelly used to be a Supreme Court justice, and he was defeated in an upset. Can you just say a word about him and about that race when he was uh, removed yeah. from office? Razor thin, and I, I got to say that I think it's just, just my personal opinion. I think he would have won that race if we would have uh, been expeditious in moving the election date to a different date than the presidential primary. But our leadership decided to allow that date to also be the Supreme Court date, and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders in this state both. Obviously, Bernie Sanders stayed in the race until 8 o'clock the next morning after that election just to make sure that he ginned up his base and certainly the college campuses, et cetera, which he's got a big presence through his, his organizations. So it was incredible to me. <laughs> in my opinion, it was a serious misstep because Dan Kelly one-on-one against Jill Karofsky, the ultimate uh, victor in that race, I think Dan would have won that race. And he ran a very good race. He's a very good man. He is, uh, 
He's a constitutionalist and a really seasoned veteran. He, he, he's just a great person. And it was just unfortunate that that political circumstance took place that day. Otherwise, I think we would have won it. So there's a, there's a sour taste in a lot of Republicans and a lot, lot of conservatives' uh, mouths on that race. And here we are back in another contentious one here. Unfortunately, we have this primary, which always is, uh, makes things very challenging for us post-primary because it's, it's such a sprint. I mean, this is an April 4th election. Uh, the 21st of February is the, uh, is the primary. And then within one week, they're dropping absentee ballots in the mail. And we're literally voting oh March 1st, uh, you know, for 30 days and it's over. So it's very, very tough to reload and get out and fire the base up and, and, and run a statewide race uh, in this short time frame, especially when the, when the uh, other side is pouring money already into the race um, before the primary. So it's a, it's a tough one for us. I'm hoping that we can pull it out. I think either candidate on our side can win. They're definitely very qualified. They're conservative. And, uh, you know, there's a stark contrast between our two uh, judicial leaders here and these two folks from Milwaukee on the liberal side. I mean, it's just stark as, as day. So hopefully we're uh, positioned that bo- as both conservatives and more of the establishment Republicans to stay together after the primary and not one side just go home and pack their bags. We all have to be on board and try to win this thing. It's well, cr- and just, absolutely critical. And you have state. sort of a rank, a rank choice voting system where you, the top two vote getters, are the ones who, you know, advance to the general election on April the fourth. So even the press is, Correct. you know, describing Jennifer Darrow and Daniel Kelly as the conservatives, and Everett Mitchell and Janet. Uh, well, it looked like looks like Protasiewicz the way it's vo- uh, spelled here, but who knows with these Polish names? Uh, so that they are both the liberals. They've they've self uh, re- revealed themselves to be that very much. So that's happening on yes. February the twenty first, the open seat primary, and then the general election on the fourth. Well, you've got great people up there, Terry. I just uh, the was- people in Wisconsin are the best. They really are. Not all of them. Some of them are the worst. It's like nothing in between. Anyway, uh, they are active <laughs> people who work hard. And they actually take serious uh, their duties. Now, the the larger issue to me here, well, not larger, that's big for Wisconsin, but the larger issue for the nation is that we have an epidemic of, uh, I don't know, I can't think of a nice word, a Republican establishment, that's too nice of a word, uh, trying to purge uh, former Trump supporters, but I would say broader than that, constitutional conservatives, conservatives on uh, moral issues, those icky conservatives that they have hated for the decades that I've been doing this. And now they're actively trying to purge. I just read that uh, J- uh, McConnell in the Senate has taken uh, uh, Rick Scott off the Commerce Committee. <laughs> Rick, who, you oh, know, boy. ran the state of governor. Yeah, there's retribution everywhere. So now you're feeling the heat of that. Are you not in Wisconsin? You yourself personally? Yeah, I mean, just on a personal note, you know, I've been the chairman for almost four years. Uh, I, I believe our record stands absolutely clear, not just with Red, but who we've supported all the way through um, from a judicial, from a law enforcement standpoint, from a uh, just a general Republican turnout standpoint. We've supported everyone. We've supported conservatives. We've supported, in some cases, when we when we needed to, I'll say even more moderate Republicans. Our idea is we need to win. We need to win. When you win and you have majorities, 
you you can control the narrative. You can control the direction. We have a very big uh, majority in the state legislature, and we have a super majority in the state Senate, so we're in great shape. We needed to win this governor's race last year. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I believe that the more conservative candidate, who obviously won by a solid margin, five points in the, in the uh, primary, against what would be considered to be a more establishment Republican, he won the primary. He lost in the general. I felt that we ran out of steam during that general. I don't think the support was there at all by the establishment side, especially the former candidate who said, uh, you know, at her concession speech, we've got to get on board. We've got to beat Tony Evers, the current governor, and then effectively uh, just disappeared. And same with uh, the number two candidate on that side. It was it was really, really sorryful that they couldn't have gotten involved because this race was literally a, a two, two-and-a-half-point race. And ultimately, Tim Michaels, the uh, the candidate, our candidate, lost by 90,000 votes, which is really a smidgen. And Ron Johnson actually had a very tight race as well. So th- this rift that's developed and now what's turned from a rift to a, uh, an attempt to purge um, and, and, and certainly those who are more Trumpers, more conservative, what we call the outstate vote outside of southeastern Wisconsin metropolitan areas, the more rural areas, these folks are being marginalized and, and, and basically, you know, not, not being paid attention to, if not, as you say, purged uh, in various leadership positions around the state. And I, it looks to me like I got caught in the crossfire here. Uh, which is really unfortunate because I think I have a tremendous amount of support. I believe I'm going to win when when it comes time for our caucus election on February 25th. But it's just disappointing. After all of the effort and the work we've put in, uh, the record stands clear. I mean, we have 252 victories at the local level out of 272. That's an 86% winning record. And we won every single state assembly and state senate uh, uh, office in the last election in November. We've gotten tremendous voter turnout. We've got tremendous voter uh, volunteerism. We've gotten conservatives who never had any connection with our county party, are active, back, excited. We're in parades. We're in everything you can imagine around the county. And I turn around and I'm being, <laughs> I'm being sought after by a candidate who I just kind of came out of thin air. It's just very disappointing. So uh, it's unfortunate that we're all fighting or we have to fight in the midst of the biggest Supreme Court race in modern history in the state of Wisconsin, because this is going to determine the trajectory going forward for a long, long time. And unfortunately, we have to be sidelined uh, by having to, to have these kind of internal fightings and these battles at the local levels and the county levels. It's just very, very unfortunate. And it seems to me that this is happening all over the country. Oh, I totally agree, Terry. And that's a, that's the point. I think uh, we're seeing, look, look, even in the primaries in 2022, and this is nothing new and you know this, uh, and Kevin McCarthy in his pack with all of his millions to help reelect his uh, members in, in the House, the Republican members, actually used money, funneled money to another PAC uh, to spend money against conservative candidates in the primary. This is a serious purge. They want to get rid of every single Republican who does what you do and believes what you believe, Terry. And they're, they're well-funded. And uh, many of us, you know, in D.C., we, we, <laughs> they, they use the term uniparty, and I think it's very appropriate. It's turned into like one-party rule because they are, even though they call themselves Republicans as opposed to Democrats, they really actually all want the same thing, and that's power and authority. 
uh, and they ride the waves and they make themselves rich. And uh, this is what we're dealing with. So the people then are rising up. And you have led this huge uprising. (laughs) Maybe you don't want to call it that. I would say it was, you know, this idea that perhaps the people could actually take back their government. You've been so successful with that. I want to to take this further. We're going to run out of time here. But I want to note, I don't know if you know this, Terry, but I I just learned this this week. Ronald McDaniel has been reelected, but what the the election integrity unit of the RNC, which was pretty well developed by lots of wonderful people, is being dried up and we think actually going to be shut down. And uh, that's that right. is a terrible, terrible thing for all of us. Just your comments on that and on the reelection of Rana before we run out of time here. Yeah, that that's just that's that's unforgivable as far as I'm concerned. Because look, re- Republicans they deserve just like any American they deserve clean elections. They need they deserve it at the state level. You can't set a precedent from the RNC that we're just not going to pay attention to it. I'm hoping that that's not true. I'll have to dig a little bit more and find out the the details on it. But that's a very uh, disturbing trend if that's what, what we're seeing or a d- d- disturbing uh, move here in Wisconsin. I mean, we just continue to see this kind of ballot harvesting on the on the campuses uh organizations that are tr- that are pushing uh young voters out literally telling them untruths about our positions on abortion our positions on choice uh across the board uh ballot harvesting knocking doors dragging dragging kids to vote um just things that are absolutely not not in tune with what our state statute says, nor the morals and values of the people in Wisconsin. People respect anybody's right to, to, to vote, but literally, since we've had the absentee ballot blow up in this state, it's just it's willy-nilly all over the place of what, what people are interpreting and, and the Zucker bucks that have come into this state, and it's absolutely true. There's been massive outside money poured into this state literally to buy access into our election system at the local level, the county levels, et cetera, where they're administering these votes. It's absolutely clear. But DAs won't take the cases. They won't prosecute. Everything's been basically held up in court. It's just ridiculous. And the people of Wisconsin know this. They absolutely know this is happening. And that yet we have not been able to have strong leadership that comes out and says, hey, we are going to clean this up. We are going to hold the Wisconsin Election Commission uh, responsible for this. We're going to hold the DAs responsible for this. They haven't done it. And yep. we're still sitting and mired in this state, which I think you probably see in a lot of other states. We're mired in the fact that we're hoping as Republicans, I hope we can get a clean election here so we can win this thing. And by gosh, we seems like we're always losing by one, two, three points, very close races. And there's always contentious issues after the elections, post-elections, procedures uh, violated, procedures that have to be reinterpreted, et cetera. It's, the state statute is clear. And we have to pay attention to that. And that seems to be something that a lot of our leadership just doesn't seem to want to pay attention to. Yeah. They just well, don't that's, want <laughs> People now can see, Sherry, why they want to get rid of you. <laughs> they can see why they're coming after you because you are a warrior on that battlefield. And look what you've done. And now this Wisconsin Supreme Court race coming up, the open seat uh, primary is February the 21st, and the general election is April the 4th. And the people of Wisconsin, the good people of Wisconsin, have just not given up. And that's, it's due, you, could, you have to know, Terry, that's due in large part to your your 
fierce fighting. And so stay in there. We'll keep in touch with you. But for people of Wisconsin listening to this, you know what to do. For people who are not from Wisconsin, whatever state you're from, it's local. Now roll up your sleeves and take back your community. Terry Dietrich, chairman of the Republican Party in Waukesha County, we wish you all the best. God bless you and protect your family. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Sandy. I really appreciate appreciate the prayers. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was uh, interesting. It always is. Terry Dietrich is an amazing person. Uh, He has all these qualifications besides being Waukesha County Chair. You know, he's uh, in, uh, works in industry, but he's just a dynamite person and he's never really down. That's what amazes me about Terry. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Well, when we come back, uh, Bruce and I are going to talk about what he just discussed about the Supreme Court race and the implications because uh, Bruce is an attorney and so, um, and he's been with the FBI for a number of years. So there are some thoughts to be shared. So I hope you'll uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. Well, if you enjoyed that discussion with Terry, one thing you can do to help us and at the same time help save the lives of babies is support preborn because uh, they're supporting us. And that's how this works. And I'm, you know, we're busy trying to find uh, sponsors that we really believe in, people that we know we can support, and we want to give their your get your attention for them. So preborn, of course, saves babies through ultrasound. Ultrasound is so sophisticated now, much more than it was when I was pregnant with my children. It shows great detail of the baby inside the mother's womb, and when moms see that, they just can't. They can't. Most of them, more than half. Uh, can't bring themselves to terminating that baby's life. It's pretty amazing. And so uh, if you would like to help provide an ultrasound for a mother who seems to be in crisis and is trying to make a decision, it's $28 uh, to pay for one of those ultrasounds for one of those moms, for one of those precious babies. It's preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy. That's where you go to donate uh, and if you can do more than $28, $140 sponsors five babies' chance, chances for a life, and all your gifts are tax deductible. So just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. And as we said at the opening of the show, uh, it's a podcast. I've got to get this verbiage in my head. This is a podcast. As we said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, we have a line that you can call, and we're getting some really encouraging uh, messages, but we're also getting some great questions, and I'm going to do a whole, whole show on that uh, coming up. But um, you can call 662-821-2040 to weigh in, uh, to ask a question, to give your your opinion on something, or to complain. If there's something you don't like, let's hear it. 662-821-2040. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, Getter, Truth Social, YouTube or Rumble. And again, we're in our early stages here, so we will offer, we'll have more things to say as we uh, gear up here. But uh, you can find this podcast on all the podcast platforms. AFR.net is our home base. We're a, a production of the American Family Radio Association, and it's Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. They also carry the broadcast. So, so, and we go up three days, three days a week. You will see a, a new a podcast. Uh, that I hope that you will enjoy. And you can go back in time and look at some of them. We've had some great guests so far, and there's going to be some wonderful people joining us. And so I I hope you enjoy it. It sounds to me like you are enjoying it. And one thing I keep getting a response on is my husband. 
Bruce, rather, people love to hear you on the radio. Is that make you feel good? Does that make you want to sit up straighter? <laughs> <laughs> it humbles me. It really does. I can't believe that people feel that way. <laughs> well, it is. It is a strange thing, and um, and so we are both humbled by that, and we're we're grateful you encourage us. So. Uh, Bruce, we just had that interesting discussion with Terry. You know, Terry's just a great guy. I've hardly, I've seen him, I think, maybe once in person in D.C., uh, but mostly we're we're phone interview friends, and we have become friends. He's just a, an upstanding guy. But that's a race in Wisconsin where the court currently sits at four to three, conservatives to uh, uh, liberals, and that state, you know, is always on the precipice. The Supreme Court is a very important race, and again, the... Um, the primary is coming right up in April and uh, February, and the uh, general election is April the 4th. So then don't wait for the general. It'll be too late. If you don't vote in the primary, um, uh, you won't have a good can- candidate to vote for. What did you think about what he said about that race, Bruce? Well, I think you cannot underestimate the importance of this Supreme Court race. You know, Rush Limbaugh used to talk about the left, the last thing on their agenda that they want to get rid of. They want to get rid of elections. That's their ultimate goal. And I never understood what he meant by that. He, he usually didn't expound on it. And I thought, what? how in the world can we get rid of elections? Well, the way you get rid of elections is you do not follow the law. And that's what's gone on in Wisconsin. And it's gone on in many states. Uh, these election commissions, are, they're given laws by the legislature, and they just decide we're not going to follow them. Okay. We're going to have drop boxes. We're going to have things like that. And what is going to ultimately be the guardian of this uh, of of the proper way to conduct elections will be the Supreme Court, because if a case goes up, that's where it ultimately usually ends is at the Supreme Court, and if. The margin in Wisconsin shifts the other way, away from the conservatives. You can imagine that these cases about these drop boxes and things that they fought on, they may go away and go. And elections may basically be over for our side. Yes, I think people are sensing that and so discouraged because 2022, people were so excited, Bruce, with the, the record of the Biden administration and all the atrocious things that he put in place right away, you know, getting rid of fossil fuels, uh, making gas prices increase so exponentially, and being happy about it, you know, and uh, the war in Ukraine. Now, I know that that's, I need to explain that further, but I would just say briefly in this moment that personally, I think the war in Ukraine has proven to be just a cash cow for the left, and maybe for some on the right too, for that matter. Uh, It isn't what you think it is. Uh, because Ukraine has been used as the hobby horse, the cash cow for certainly the Biden family for a very long time. And so um, it's pretty frightening what Joe Biden is doing to this country. The the raids, we're going to talk soon uh, to the attorney that represented Mark Halk, the pro-life dad that was arrested in the early morning, the January Sixers. We have to establish a judiciary, uh, judges. We've got to elect judges that are fair and just and understand you know, the American judicial system of fairness and right and wrong, and, and also the elections, are, or it'll, over, it'll be over for this country. Yeah, I think what's become apparent, unfortunately, very unfortunately, is that often you can figure out how a case will probably be decided as soon as you see which judge it is, assi- it is assigned to. 
Um, there is such an agenda by the judiciary in this country, especially on the left. Uh, and we're, uh, you know, uh, that's the, that's the last bastion is the judges. I mean, they have the final authority on so many of these things. And if, if that becomes just politically dominated and your cases are decided by politics rather than law, then you can imagine the chaos that will uh, rain down on our government and our people. And I have to say, there are still some really good judges who are courageous. Uh, and some of them are sitting on the Supreme Court, and they're fighting. They're swinging right away. They're, they're not going to bend. They're not going to break on the constitutional principles that our founders gave us. And so it's, it, we still have some fight there, and we need to make sure that we uh, continue to elect. When you have a, a judicial election in your, your county or your your district or whatever, pay attention, and federal judges, all of that. You do your research, and there are pl- Ballotpedia is a great source. There are other sources, but um, it matters. Used to, you know, you'd see all those judges up for election all these decades I've been voting, uh, Bruce, and you'd think you just kind of slop over that because I don't know, I don't know. He's an incumbent, I'll vote for him. It's time to stop doing that. We have to really pay attention. Yes, it is. Um, do a little research, take your time. It is well invested time. All right. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever think that we're in a bad fight, read the story of George Washington at Valley Forge. (laughs) That's just that story uh, where the soldiers were frozen with their feet frozen, no shoes, no equipment, no food, freezing to death in the winter and then rising out of that abyss uh, to have victory. It's just an amazing story. Our founding fathers paid such a price to give us these freedoms. And we haven't seen anything yet compared to that. So with that, don't give up, don't quit. Let's fight until we can't fight anymore. All right, so that's it for today's Sandy Rios 24-7. Thank you so much for listening. Bruce, you want to say bye to those people? Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. It's, It's great to speak with you. And we'll be back. 